0: My name is a Queer Jeffy, founder of The British Blacklist. And uh, I'm so blessed and honoured to be in the presence of my darling... Well, I think now you're like my honorary brother now, like we're family for good. Please introduce yourself, tell them who you are, what you do and where you're from.
1: So I'm David Jesse. I'm actually a Akira's blood brother. Uh, blood in the spirit. And what do I do? That's, that's an interesting question. I'm an actor, father, husband lover of humans and animals and all things and producing and which ends do you rep i was born in fulham you know i went to school for a little bit in dunstable and then where i grew up really and truly is kind of like hayes and harlington so west west london and i live now in buckinghamshire in my heart of hearts every time i come back to london weather flying in like my heart jumps i love it it's my favorite city in the world and don't at me i I love accra i love la i love new york i love kamasi kamasi i feel very peaceful there but london for me just the eclectic mix of culture from different areas of the world for me i love it there's nothing else like it So a couple of things. First of all, Mm.
0: you're a lover of humans. Is that all humans regardless of their nature?
1: Pretty much. That doesn't mean I necessarily want to (laughs) spend all my time with certain humans. Even, you know, just to protect myself, there's some things that certain humans do or say or act. I just need to step away from that. You know, there's a reason I live out in the countryside. And there's a reason that when I walk my dog in certain walks, I might see maybe three or four people in an hour. And that allows me to like just chill and connect and do what I need to do. But it also allows me room for grace and room to look at myself and know that I'm not perfect. So no. why would I expect that from other people? And you said you love animals. You have a dog. I didn't know you had a dog. Yeah, I've had a dog for for three years. We had a cat first. I, I don't think the cat is speaking to me, to be honest.
0: Cats are very, they think they're too nice. And I refuse pets in our place because I know my daughter would make me the primary carer. Yeah. But I do love yeah. a cat, but they do think they're too nice. and They are very opinionated.
1: You know, my friend said to me, he feels like when his cat is looking at him, he feels like his cat is just thinking, "How much bigger would I have to be to eat you?" <laughs> and I, and that really resonated with me on all sorts of levels because the way my cat looks at me and the way we interact, I feel like I'm renting off of him. Yeah, I feel like this is his house. And he tolerates me in here. Mm. I feel like he's not speaking to me since we got the dog. He's like, you didn't consult me about that. So that's how I feel the cat is getting on. The dog is interesting because I too, like you, was like, I don't need pets Mm. in my life. The house is so busy. We're traveling here, doing all of this. Who's got time for that? But I like to get up in the morning. I like to have my time. I like to watch the sunrise. And my dog... When I do that, just come and sit by me sometimes, sometimes do a bit of yoga with me. When I go for a walk, it's like one of my times of peace, because as you can imagine, it's busy, busy, busy. Sometimes I'll try and sneak a business call on the phone. When my dog and I, when we walk, he's just chilling, doing his own thing. But he knows if I'm on the phone, he's like, "Uh, uh, uh, you'll come. He's like, no, 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 that's Mm -hmm. not what this is about. And so just when I switch that off, then he's off doing his own thing. He's like, yeah, breathe. Take that in. So intuitive. That's actually really yes. Yeah, so sweet. And then, and then finally, 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 my mother was like a dog. Mm-hmm. Then you don't want me to come to your house. Mm-hmm. Now come and see her and Polo lying on the couch together. Um, I that turnaround is insane. Our parents are not raised
0: to in their generation, no. their time, not raised to uh, uh, respect, love, or appreciate the comfort of an animal. And then when they're like, oh, okay, then it's, this is all like, mm-hmm. um, mm. we could talk about that forever. Just, and just lastly, on a quick note, you're West London, yeah. fully firmly West London, but live out in the shires, but you're West
1: London. Yeah, yeah, West London with all of, yeah, with all okay. of the, you know, the vim that comes with that.
0: I, I appreciate it. So can you describe your life right now in like one word or a sentence?
1: Balance. So we've done this lovely project that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And before, when I've done lovely projects like this, it was you and my wife that were like, you need to up your social media game. I remember Mm -hmm. having that conversation with you. So all of those projects up to that point where you knew about me, I didn't have any social media. So I was just going about my day, picking up the script, going, I really like that. I want to do it. And then once it was done, that was it. I leave it this is the first job that i've done where i've had a social media presence and the feedback is it's lovely and i welcome it and i embrace it but it's overwhelming if i'm if i'm honest with you and i found on sunday I woke up at like four because my phone was blowing up. Producers, friends that I haven't even spoke to for years, like, my gosh, the work in this, blah, 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 blah. And I woke up at like four in the morning and I reached for my phone to look I wonder what messages, and I caught myself. Yeah, And I said, this is not the one. So I put the phone to the side, didn't touch social media or anything. I took a proper sabbath that day. And because I was up, I got to see the sunrise. I did a bit of exercise, a bit of prayer, and just felt myself just being rebalanced.
0: I really get that moment of catching yourself to stop yourself being indulged in the likes. And it is finding the balance between, it's okay to enjoy the likes and appreciate mm-hmm. people appreciating you. But uh, it's that moment of don't let it control you.
1: You know, as an artist, We all strive to give the truth. What does this story really want to say, right? And if we are focused on likes or we're focused, because it can go the other way as well, that could have come out and people could have been like, what is this blah, 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 blah. It could end up affecting how we strive for the truth. We might start thinking, how am I going to please someone? And I, I don't think as artists, we should be we, we should be coming that way around. So I think it's important to come back to a place of like neutrality. Once you've done it, then it's kind of not yours anymore. It belongs yeah. to the beholder. It belongs to the person who owns the gaze on it. So
0: I agree. I agree. So this um, mystery thing that we're not saying. Tell us about your latest project. What is it?
1: So the project is the diplomat, the one on Netflix. It is essentially a political drama. It's written by an incredible writer, brain, researcher, historian, creative artist, very clever human being called Deborah Carr. And she's gifted us. She cut her teeth on the West Wing Mm -hmm. back in the day, and then Homeland, think of it on The Good Doctor and, and other bits and bobs, but this is her baby. And we really get to benefit from her wealth of experience. I play a character called Austin Dennison, who is the British Foreign Secretary. And it's interesting because he's the British Foreign Secretary. He looks like me and he's part of a Tory government and party. Yeah. I'll confess, when they first told me about him, I had an idea of like who that type of person would be. From the examples that were out there at the time of the Tory Members of Parliament that looked like me or had the same complexion. Every time they spoke, I didn't feel like I necessarily aligned with them and their politics and their policies. And so I kind of had an idea of who this person might be, the type of school he may have gone to, the way he might speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I dug deeper into the character um, and spoke to Deborah, she was like, but what if he actually had your type of upbringing and went to the type of school that you went to Mm. and then finds himself in this position. What does that look like?
0: How did the role come about? Mm. Was it like they came to you to play Austin or was it read the script and have a feel?
1: The casting directors over here really knew me because they've cast me in several things before. So they came to me and were like... He is, we'd love you to audition for this part. Here are the first three episodes. This is where your character goes. Here are the sides. Let us know what you think. So I read it and I, I, the writing is electric. There wasn't that much from my character in the first couple of episodes. So that's where we needed to have the discussion about if I'm going to do this, what's the journey? And that's when I sat with Deborah and we spoke about it. And that for me was where it really clicked because I was saying to her, you know, Even if you were to take a snapshot of that government, you would go, oh, that looks quite diverse. Mm. But in terms of socioeconomic diversity or cultural experience, I'm not sure how inclusive that is, whereas even though I was born in Fulham and went to school in Dunstable, we lived in a council high-rise flat. My parents were doing two, three jobs to try and pay for that schooling, and then we move out to the suburbs where the kids could go to school there, and then we lost a lot of money, we had a lot of money. So having seen all of the different pressures that my parents went through Mm. for me it's something that really um that really was imprinted on my heart so when Deborah invited the character Denison to have had a similar upbringing and be aware Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden when he's in these rooms and policies are being made let's say we said to our members of public open your homes to these refugees and all of these refugees let's say didn't have the same skin tone as you and then in the same months we said here's a policy, we're going to send all these refugees, or not call them refugees, to another country, and they had the same skin tone as you. How do you then, as a person, stand behind that policy and get behind it? And that became a really interesting space to explore. Then also what Deborah said that really intrigued me. She said, look, I have to believe that there are good Republicans and there are bad Republicans. And I have to believe that there are good Democrats and there are bad Democrats. And this goes to your thing, are you a lover of all humans, right? She said that she knew for a fact that, let's say that there are recent leaders of the Republican Party that got in power, that when they got in power, there would have been some Republicans that had been there for a while that had decisions to make. Yeah. And some of those decisions were like, We're driving off a cliff here and not in my name will we do this. I'm resigning and I'm going to be outside the party and I'm going to hold a placard up which says this leadership and where this party is going, I disagree with. There would have been other people that would have looked around them and said, if we all leave, then the party and therefore the country and therefore the world, which has this country as its police force, yeah. is in the hands which are I don't deem safe, right? Those people stayed and tried as much as they could to steer the ship in a direction which had some form of safety. And she said, I think that's where Denison, that's the that Denison did.
0: I actually hadn't even put a party to them, even though obviously they're Tories. I hadn't put mm. a party, I was mm. just watching it as a political drama and enjoying it. But I yeah. was thinking about the dynamic that plays out between Austin and Trowbridge, Nicole Trowbridge. Those dynamics, the power play that appears, it made me think about the levels of the man that's in power, supposedly in power, and the people mm-hmm. behind them or, and who actually is mm-hmm. in power. Mm-hmm. And then I was wondering about the layers of that when it comes to how would that be? But there's a moment in an episode, I'm trying not to do spoilers, where, yeah. and I was imagine now the man that's supposed to be in power, the person that is commandeering the power Mm. and also that man also being a man of color and now you're saying that you spoke to deborah about the levels of who austin is did Mm. it go as deep as a black man in position of power deal with a white at the seat of power and how those Mm. conversations would be delivered so that we the audience would believe it and have those tensions as well
1: we did deborah would do things like have you got a minute i really want to show you your office and as we're walking through she knew that I would notice just how many white faces we'd be walking past that were claimed to have built this country. And they've got absolute claim on building this country. There's a distinct lack of black and brown faces that built this country in those spaces. And then where we meet Denison is in front of a massive mural that is actually that is in the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office. That is there. And it depicts America as this kind of very tall, strong, glorious woman holding the scales of justice and Britain equal in stature and size. And then Australia, I think, as a as a man naked with a bush hat. The, the whole continent of Africa as a small boy with, yeah. with fruit on his head. Deborah's very clever in her writing and in that scene directing everyone to give reverence to Austin Dennison when he comes in. And she does it to have that juxtaposition going on. People might miss that. People might catch that. But she does that on purpose. There's bits in it where Trowbridge will make a quib comment. He talks about colonial plunder. And it goes to the bone of Dennison. And he, you know, me as an actor, I'm going to feel that. But then it's this thing, and the politicians that I spoke to that I really respect. One of them in particular was saying, you have to make a decision as a black politician of power about where you want to end up, where you want to finish, and think about your battles and think about the war. If Trowbridge saying something about colonial plunder sends you off the rail in front of all of these diplomats and whatever and you while out, great for you, your pride and your ego, fantastic but now you've lost your position. And Trowbridge knows that you're potentially a competitor of his, so that he will do everything, anything that he can. So there's all of this beautiful interplay, which for me is the meat and the flesh on the bones of the character. And I love it. I love that I have all of this to play with.
0: And I'm enjoying it because I felt it and I caught that. I caught the reference. Mm. Um, I think I missed your positioning in, um, Austin's positioning in it. So I'd love to go back to that. It's brilliant. I love the gloss of this. And we know that obviously Deborah comes from the West Wing legacy. Um, were you a fan of the West Wing?
1: To be honest, it was a little before my time, really, of watching that level of TV. So no, but Homeland for me was so innovative and different. I hadn't seen anything like it before. And I feel honoured to be working with people on that level.
0: Is this a thing that UK actors have been crying for, the gloss? Because as a someone who has been an avid TV watcher and I have been very brainwashed by America the nature of you know how we consume content when you're born of the 70s and 80s so I've been like why does British sometimes why do British shows look so great I know we're great but it doesn't have to look Mm great and I didn't understand the levels of budget in those days I didn't know what budget meant what camera quality meant all those type of things but now I'm an understanding and understanding budgets can make a difference but also it's it's a traditional British look, but are, are actors like, God, can I just be in something that's UK that doesn't look so dull? Is that something that you guys are thinking about? <laughs> or is
1: it like? I just really enjoy the work is the work is the work, right? So it. when that script comes in, I'm only really now starting to think about what it might look like. For a while I've been thinking about, okay, the script is good. Who's behind it? Who's making it? Who are the other actors that I'll be playing within it? but I think generally as actors that train or learn coming from stage, if you are gonna do a play for however many months, you want that writing to be as good as possible. So you end up just, the writer becomes king in a way. And I think essentially this is just kind of a synergy of a lot of things coming together at the right time. So you've got half American, half British cast and crew and there's something quite beautiful in that and so yeah the sensibilities of how we approach the writing how we approach the work but it's the same from the the american cast members my goodness they're working it i think it's sublime actually well i should probably say it's it's dreaming i'm enjoying the
0: cross-pollination i think more of it yeah This is done very seamlessly. And it's like again, you you know, you watch these things, you think, okay, this is drama, but I am sucked in like this is going to happen. Some of the political themes that are coming up through this, I'm like, oh, okay, is this going to happen? Are we, you know, are imitating life back to front, all that type of Mm. stuff. I do like Mm. the seamlessness of this American-British collaboration. And Mm. of course, you're working opposite Kerry Russell, who plays Kate Wyler.
1: Have you known of her work before you... No, I didn't. I didn't. Obviously, I'd have seen her because she's done... She's done loads. Yeah. I'd have seen some of her movies, but I hadn't. I didn't clock. I'm not very good at going. Oh, that's that person. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting yeah, yeah. better now. But then, so when you got to the part in
0: the script when it's like, oh, it's going to go there. Mm. When you meet the person you're playing opposite and going to go into different spaces with. Um, is it spoilers? I don't know. It's been out enough. I'm just going to go lightly around it. Yeah. turn and Wyla. There's some yeah. Tension. Yeah. You see that in the script, and then you meet your co star. You get that out the way first. Okay, okay. We, you know, we're going to get a little bit technical, aren't we? Is that it? Or is it just about, you know, it comes up when it comes up and knowing that you're going to get into some personal situations, character to character?
1: We're quite lucky in this. We filmed two episodes at a time, so one and two. And actually, we didn't get the scripts. So we would we'd get one and two and then maybe a week before we finished the second episode, then we'd get three and four. So what's helpful about that is you have to kind of play the truth of what's going on at that time. And then you build on that. I think that they had sowed the seeds. They'd said, look, this is where we're thinking this is going. So then as actors and sometimes I've done a few of these kind of relational things now. And I'm fine to work with someone. We'll sit down and plot it together. You know, she's feeling this, he's feeling this. But then there are some times where I'll do that work on my own. And I think that that was quite helpful here. So Kerry did her work on her own and I did mine. So Deborah was saying there's moments in it where everyone else should know what's happening, except those two. Like, they should be the last to realise it. And the audience should go, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And then when they realise it, they're like, oh, how did we end up here? So in terms of their connection, I think their connection is more about the heart and the integrity that they both have for people and for the the office that they hold. Yeah, and doing that job properly. And so I think, sadly, in their environments, those people that hold that reverence and respect for what they do are far and few between. So then when you meet one, there's an even deeper connection straight away.
0: You kind of assume, you can assume like, oh, well, obviously this yeah. is going to happen. There's that yeah. moment with the wiping. And I'm like, ah, oh, there it is. I understand the idea of actually you working on that by yourself and Kate working on stuff by, I mean, Kerry working on stuff by herself. Because that natural coming together where you don't know how as actors you guys are going to play that moment, the natural kind of awkwardness, it, it, it's- Awkwardness, yeah. yeah. It's believable. Yeah, it.
1: and then to throw another piece in, one of the politicians that I spoke to was saying, they're going to have to be careful with that because again, as a politician of cut, he was like, if you look, David, at the people that have made real inroads and real change, they are above reproach. Yeah. And that sort of relationship is such a no-no. Your Trowbridge character or the character that Celia Emery plays, they get a sniff of that and they've got you. Do you know what I mean? And this is something that he's worked towards his whole life. So the weight of crossing that line is is a lot. I love
0: that. You've said that. I'm going to assume politicians of colour, that can help you put weight and gravitas to the character that you're bringing yeah. to i I'm just glad you even got those options mm-hmm. because every time time you wouldn't even have anyone to speak to. So that's amazing. Yeah. In but I love that that's addressed and it's noted because sometimes shows do things with black people in a world that's usually assumed to be quite white. And especially with the, up, the higher up the class ranks you go, that black people do mm-hmm. reckless things and make reckless mm. decisions. And then we, as the audience, like you have not considered black people in this at all. You've just plonked this mm. black person in this world without consideration for how they would behave. So when they say that there's mm. something like, you know, colorblind casting, but then you don't add depth to that character, colorblind casting goes out the window, <laughs> a waste of time, in my opinion, as a watcher, because I'm like you're not satisfying me as a black audience. And I hope to see more that, even if whatever happens happens, there's that honest reluctance.
1: Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I have say, Deborah, Anna Higgins they're open and sensitive to that you know to the intersectionality of it all and uh, I like that you feel safe as well because also mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you become a fan of
0: someone and especially someone from your culture your community you want them to be protected mm-hmm. and safe in this very cutthroat space so where did the diplomat find you when it comes to checklisting through your career targets
1: I'm now with Femi Guns, as I think you know, right? So Femi Guns at IAG. And that's been a really... So Femi and I went to uni together. Oh. And I, yeah, and I I loved all my agents before. And uh, I don't want to take anything away from them. Masses of love, heart and respect to them and where where we've arrived at. I'm also with, with Icky as well. And I was coming off a long job on a show... And I said to them, I'm not really looking to do any more shows. I'd love to do some film, maybe do some like one and done dramas, you know, four-parters, whatever. Maybe some theatre and and, and we'll look that way. And Femi really said, I think you should have a look at this script. I think this is something very special. I was like, really? And I I respect him. I looked at it and then got on the phone with Femi and and I was like, I really like this And then after I sat and spoke with Deborah, I felt several things. I felt the fear of the script because there's a lot of dialogue, there's a lot of political speak. And also the fact that it was going to be all consuming. I wouldn't have time to nip away in a break and go and do this lovely little indie in the south of Italy or whatever, and then come back. And so the fear and the challenge of it made me think I have to do this. So in terms of where it places me in my career, that remains to be seen what the knock-on effect of being involved in a show like this is. I would say for my kind of artistic soul and my heart right now, I feel like I'm in the right place and the right zone because it's just stimulating me in so many different ways that that must be that must be right you know i have i have ambitions that i keep in here and i don't really share with anyone but it doesn't feel like there's angst or frustration between those two things the diplomat feels like it is really cohesively working
0: that's good because sometimes it's wondering if you're are you happy with the trajectory i think when we spoke earlier in the week there seemed like a reluctance to accept the good things that are being said about the diplomat
1: are you okay with this I think it goes back to me needing to try to remain an artist who can like pursue truth. Right. So the beats for me are, I read the script. I really like the script. So that's a tick. Then I meet the people that are making it and I really like them and I'm excited about them. That's a tick. Then I have the experience of filming it and I'm really enjoying the people that I'm working with and the work that, I'm getting to do, so that's a tick. Then they send me all the episodes because I have to talk about it in the press. And I watch them and I'm like, wow, it's turned out even better than I imagined it. So that's a tick. And then the audience reaction has been such a blessing and an overwhelming blessing and that's a tick. My reluctance to kind of lean into that is I didn't want to get addicted to that because I feel like that can then start to stifle the choices that I make as a creative back when I'm just reading the script you know. Inevitably working with the team that I have now and the opportunities that are coming my way, we will be making decisions. I hear of mega stars that they do three for them and one for themselves or four for them and one for themselves and that kind of maybe we'll we'll have to have that conversation but i feel that there's a real safety in in my team in in femi and in uta in america that we can have honest conversation and we can say okay deep we think this one's for you or also emma and i have a production company so we are producing things and looking at things that are right in here like I just wrapped on something that we co-produced with Alex Lanipekun and Natalie Emanuel. and I love it I felt so exhilarated coming off that set and uh you know I can't wait to put that out there and you know it might be that the, the stuff that's coming through, through my production company is the stuff that's that's hitting here or whichever, but hopefully all of it will be. It's a pretty good moment right now.
0: You Ghanaians, you did plotting to get onto this onto the diplomats. There's three (laughs) of you. Nana Atto
1: and David. What what happened? It's amazing. I couldn't believe it when I saw it, and I and then I was like, "What is there? Is there a specific thing?" And Deborah was like, "No, it's a random thing." Because usually I'm used to working with lots of Nigerians on a job, but I've never been in a situation where three of the main roles are all gone in. It's quite incredible, actually. There's a real kind of spirit and uh, kinship. Or kindred spirit about that, yeah.
0: It's exciting. I'm like, oh my God, excellent. But okay, mm-hmm. all right, let's get to know you. Yeah. What's your current plan B? Don't have one. Cool. What's made you sad, mad, and glad this week?
1: Sad Diane Abbott situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad, that's probably sad and mad. And glad it has to be the production that Emma, Natalie, and Alex and I have just done. I walked away from that and said to Mrs G, that just feels like the most exciting investment that we've made in a long time. Yeah, my heart is full from that.
0: That's made me glad to hear. When are we going to see this project?
1: I think things will move fast on it. It's a means to an end right now. So it's a short, oh. but it has legs to go on. Oh, you know, whether it will be a feature, whether it will be a TV show, remains to be seen. Alex Lanipe, I never knew. A force, excellent writer really enjoyed being directed by him it was incredible and all busy busy people so for us to kind of in our hiatus to go should we go and make a thing from Emma and my production company and Natalie has her own and, and Alex has his own but the idea is is really that how cool would it be Alex and Nats phoned me up and said we've never worked with you well I, I've worked with Alex before but mm-hmm never with Natalie and how many years of between us have we been in the business so we were just like we should just start doing more of this so yeah
0: this makes me glad because the connection and the unity and the networking i love it all right what are you watching right now beef what are you reading right now
1: just finished reading will will the will smith book honestly have a read, you know, and it's interesting that it came out before we were together that night, actually, weren't we at the Oscar party? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on it. It gives you a real insight into the man and not excuses it, but you can see the trajectory of how that because we were watching it with our jaws dropped. Literally. And feeling really I remember us both feeling really sad. Yeah. And really like a loss, feeling the loss of what that moment could have yeah. been. Yeah, Either read it or even do the audio book because it's him being Will. You can imagine he's like, yeah. okay, we're not just going to do an audio book. We're going to do the best audio book yeah. yeah. ever. And yeah, so yeah, it yeah. is like a whole kind of entertaining thing anyway. It's a kind of experience. Right. You might even read it and listen to it in two separate occasions, you know, it's cool. Yeah. Before really? that, I read Spare, the the Prince Harry
0: oh, I, I bought that the for mum, yeah. but I haven't read it.
1: I don't think it's going to give you anything that you didn't know or didn't assume, but it is, after reading it, it's even more fascinating to see how the press report around the royal family and around them them two having read it. I I just needed to read it because loads of people have opinions about them as a couple and opinions about the press and opinions and I just was like, I just need to understand for myself. And I'm I'm glad I did. Um what are you listening to right now? haha nice okay so podcast wise my wife has started a podcast Cute. so i've been listening to that which is mind body soul and stage throughout production company she's looking at it's a couple of things really our kids have gotten older so emma's finding more space and more time to explore creativity and with that looking at being the wife of an actor for nearly 24 years now and now the mother of an actor and the mother of another child that may want to be a director, Mm. there's a lot of things that she's seen behind the scenes and a lot of the journey that she's obviously been there every step of the way to seeing the ups and downs of that. And it has dawned on her to put something out there that is kind of a helpful, like, guides are kind of so people can tune in and hear of other stories you know there's comfort and there's peace in the fact that other people have been through things that you may have been through yeah. or whatever so yeah. mind body soul stage is her podcast which i think i'm two behind there's two that have been released so i need to catch up with those and then me i love gospel music i really do i just find there's beats to it there's the soul to it but the spirit part of it just elevates me to another uh, another place, really. So I listen to that a lot. I listen to that a lot when I'm training as well. And then I, I've, I've got an Afrobeats album that is, like, just random. What's the last thing you saw on stage? I think it was Noma's The Doll's House, but the sort of after The Doll's House one. Yeah, I, can't, I can't remember the name of it. But she was phenomenal in it. I loved it,
0: yeah. As, as is Ms. Noma. She's amazing. What's on your bucket list?
1: Yeah. Oh, um... <laughs> So what can I share? There's something I want to do for my mother, which when I when I do it, you'll know about it. There's also stuff I want to do around the house here. But I'm I'm good, you know, I'm quite content. I, I yeah, I've got things that I want to do, but I like to just keep them here until I do them and then and then you'll know, you know. So yeah. Celebrate someone else. Who do you rate right now? There's so many people I rate. You know me lover of humans but I met up with Shope Idrisu for a cup of coffee and I really really enjoyed that I'm excited about him but there's so many I could name so many many people that I rate Uh, celebrate yourself what are you really proud of about yourself I'm proud of I'm proud of the fact that I have been married for 24 years in September
0: Oh, congrats.
1: And thank you from like seeing each other on the bus at 11 and 12 to oh. now being 40 plus and still kind of enjoying one another and giving room for one another to like grow individually. and I'm proud of where we find ourselves. Do you know what I mean? And, and I know it's not just us two, it's the family and the friends that we have around us. And it's the, so yeah, through that, it makes me proud of the family and the friends we have around us the kind of tone that was set from my mum and dad, from Emma's mum and dad, the greater good, the gods, that's like been around and with us, yeah. So that's me.
0: That makes you smile and proud too. Whose footsteps are you following in?
1: There's a lot of people. I took my son who's the the child that wants to be director that wants to be a director i mean at the moment he's like astrophysicist or director that's his world right but we took him onto this set that we were on and he's been on lots of other sets before but i was saying to the sound man john who's also mixed race that the significance of my son being on that set with Alex Lanipekin, who has the same skin tone as him, Mm. with Natalie Emmanuel, the leading actress, who has the same skin tone as him. The sound man had the same skin tone. The DOP had the same skin tone. Morgan, for him to see that and know that his parents are involved in producing that, I was saying to sound man John, that actually I know that you being here and doing your job as well, and as officially as you have done, has had an imprint on my son, being able to see that. And so when my son is asked this question, and yes, whatever he goes on to become an astrophysicist or whatever, there will be some of John's footprints that he's stepping into, you know? So, there's a load of people, you know, from like, there's that side of it. There's the Obama side of it. There's even, for me, there's even the Tom Hardy side of it, seeing where he's taking performances to and levels to, you know. There's all sorts of people. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take a bit of that. and I'm going to take a bit of that. I'm going to flow and I'm going to walk. And I'm going to march and run and, and dance and all of yeah. them things. I like that. What's next? What's next? There's something I can't talk about. Obviously. Um, And (laughs) and I'm not even just saying that to fill the gap. I can't, but you'll know. And then there is, it's the short film that I don't even know if I could talk about (laughs) that's happening. But there's, all I'll say is I have costume fits and makeup tests and whatever all happening next week and read-throughs and all of that. You're booked
0: and busy is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Though we're not to bombard you or get on your nerves or stress you out, where can we find you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you should have shares in, in this account. Uh, it is at the David Jesse. Um, and I think that's the handle for both Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. I am probably more lively on Instagram. Now I'll see you if you come by. Well,
0: we're just you know, guys, don't bombard him. He's just a bit mm-hmm. new to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and though we know and we know it's on Netflix, but just in your words, please tell us where and
1: when we can see the diplomat. How about you see it now yeah. on Netflix globally. I think it's all over the world, and uh, I'm really proud of it. And it's a show that I would watch if I wasn't in it. That's yes. kind of and I don't watch everything, so yeah.
0: Think there's going to be a season two. And a three and a four.
1: I really want there to be. Yes.
0: <laughs> I think it needs to be. Okay, do you, yeah. do you think it's one of them ones that could run like as long as the West Wing or do you think it should be like Succession and nip itself in the bud like season five, six or something?
1: It, it, it could be what they, what they want it to be. Do you know what I mean? I think... It would just be fair to everyone to, and to the show that once we've explored Denison's journey, we let that go. And it's Kate's journey and we let that go. And and you know, politics is ever moving and fast. So it, sure. it could go and run, and run and run and run and run and run, and you could have such wonderful new and and even like because they went there with the casting, you might get someone for two, three episodes and you're like, I would love to know more about them. So yeah it could go and go and go just as long as it remains challenging interesting and exciting then yeah let's try okay cool
0: <laughs> um david thank you and for, thank you for going hey.
1: that was great great to talk to you it was never going to be however long we said <laughs> never <laughs> no, no. It, just wasn't. it just wasn't bless you, um, thank you.